You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. folks Boston Bruins coming off two wins kind of feels good right now we are five and five in our last 10 we've got a note here that says Ian's not really sure that we were the better team in two out of these three games but we walk away with two out of three dubs on the western end of Canada so I really can't complain too much that was a big road trip and the two teams that we beat were teams that we really wanted to beat we lose to Vancouver who we should have beaten and we very well could have but Pasta kind of fell on his face in a, in a fucking shootout. We'll that talk about awful. that in a minute. It was the worst. And honestly, like everybody, I guess it's going to happen to somebody at some point. But man, what a rough time for that to happen to Pasta. No. But guys, I kind of feel good about the last couple games. They weren't perfect, but we got the result that we wanted. Olmark is playing well. Swayman's playing well. We have another elite goalie sitting in the wings waiting Situation looks kind of good right now. How are you guys feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I just came off. Of, I had to had a family commitment uh, last night, so I missed the Calgary game. So I just came off of watching it. And four five on five goals, boys. Yeah. Like that's got to make you feel good no matter what. Two of them by the fourth line. Well, Cliffy, I don't know if that counts. Uh, well, two of them by lower, <laughs> lower, lower lined sure. positions. God knows the that. third line isn't giving us anything. I don't want to be yeah. negative. But <laughs> no, it's, are, uh, are we really going to start this way? <laughs> I, I want to start with the Pasternak shootout. That's what I want to start with. I'm confused. I didn't watch that game live. And then I watched the replay of the shootout. And to me, uh, someone tell me the emotion of what happened live and how you reacted. It was just what pain. Fuck? It was it was panic for half a second and then just pain. And then I made myself a bowl of ice cream and that was the end of my night. Okay. For me, it yeah. was pretty much like, uh, 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 that's how it felt. 
I don't know if you're, you got to stop making those sounds on this podcast. too. <laughs> yeah. We're going to abuse that. We're going to have a whole soundtrack of just Andrew's noises. He just missed. If, if we had worse results throughout the week, would we not be looking back at that shot being like, you know what? I think something's wrong with pasta. First mm-hmm. of all, second of all, cures everything, man. Second of all, the attitude around the team, he wasn't caring about the shootout. Like these kind of statements would be coming out if we didn't also beat two really good teams right after that. Yep. God, what a bizarre, bizarre shootout. I hate shootouts. I'm done. I, will, I want yeah. 10 minutes of three on three. I hate them. Mm-hmm. I will sort of throw a little bit of cold water on the uh, beating two good teams on that Western Canada swing. They're both on pretty significant losing streaks right now. They are, uh, but they're still really good teams and they're both yes. playoff teams. That's that's right. That's all that matters. That's you right. Can throw, you can throw cold water on it, but Bruins need to beat teams that we think are going to be there just from a mental standpoint. Yeah. The Edmonton win was see that you can beat people. The Edmonton win was definitely the signature of the two. I feel because yep. of the way that it, the way that it turned out, the way that it, the defensive structure has been fucking great for the last two weeks. I actually really, really like the Calgary one. So I, I love that you say the Edmonton one is the, the signature because I thought the Calgary one was really solid too. Well, well here's why I thought the Edmonton one was the was the true signature one. You get up two to nothing. You give up the lead on two uh, power play goals by Leon Dreisaitl. And just as kind of a side note, uh, I, I know you come here for just breathtaking analysis. Leon Dreisaitl's really good. <laughs> Well, but McDavid, McDavid makes him better, and he's not actually good without McDavid. Is yeah. that a good? Is that a good? <laughs> yes, I'm trying to imitate. Yeah, no? hundred out of a hundred, very good. <laughs> but we kind of held McDavid for that game. Yeah, for two games in a row. Yeah, there is something we're doing. There is something we're doing that he does not like and he cannot work through. He's scared of Derek Forbore. I totally agree. I totally see where you're going. One hundred percent. Yes, that must be it. Yes. Also, never say that again. But <laughs> I just cursed. The next time we play Edmonton, McDavid's going to put in a hattie all yes. Well, McDavid had McDavid had two points in the first time we played him because I remember you giving me shit because I was like he only had two points. I was like he only had two points. Wait, I thought he only had one point. Nah, he had two. I think. In the yeah, never mind. Yeah, Maybe we didn't. Yeah, but regardless, had, regardless, no, was, dude, yeah. you're playing a team with that kind of caliber of of player mm-hmm. and maybe the best number two mm-hmm. in hockey right now. Correct. Scotty Pippen to, to, to yeah. McDavid's Michael Jordan, basically. Yeah. But so, no complaints about beating them whatsoever. I do agree with Ian. I felt Calgary was like the more decisive and satisfying victory. Well, it, well, for me, it wasn't the decisiveness. It was the way that they came that the way that they came back and won that when they gave up the lead, the Grizzlick, the awesome pass by Craig Smith to Grizzlick and just Grizzlick just letting loose a clapper. Who was that in front of the net too? Great screen. Coyle. Great screen. And Hall. Yeah. And worth noting, going into this road trip, guys, we have a flu running through the team. It's obviously a ton of playing time. Playing time, not playing. Playing Playing time. time, You're flying across the country. You have your goalie, Omar, had tweaked something shortly before, right? He was coming back. He had already had a couple games. But the uncertainty around this team before that road trip, there were so many things that could have gone wrong. You want to talk about a turning point potentially for the season. This could have turned the exact opposite direction. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Five out of six points. 
uh, none of us even predicted that. Like, that's just, I can't get over how huge that is for us. Mm -hmm. No. So why did you think that the flames, the flames win? You kind of talked about it with the decisiveness, but why did you think the flames win was the signature win? Uh, It was just Omar playing out of his mind, but unlike the Edmonton game where he had to make some incredible stops, which he did, there were a lot of empty calorie shots on Olmark in that game. Now you look at the, the shot chart, they are in front of the net, but there's bodies on top of these guys. They're clearing the pucks out after the first try. A lot of them are coming from the point, from the, from the just perimeter of the, of the defensive zone. So Olmark, Olmark racks up 40 saves. And most of them you weren't really that worried about. There were a couple of big ones as usual, but you also have a fourth line that looks really good. Freddie in that center position is playing the best hockey we've seen him play in a long time. Mm-hmm. And the top keep line doing keeps it. going. Yes, keep doing it. That's he the has thing to with keep Freddie, doing right? it. There's some, yeah, the, the middle six was non-existent. It wasn't a perfect game. We were opportunistic. We finally had a game where, yeah, maybe we didn't have the expected goals. We didn't have the shots, but we were finishing and it was hard work playoff goals for most of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the the Lazar goal was a playoff goal. That yeah, Lazar goal was a definite playoff goal. That's a game winning goal of the playoffs every yes. fucking time. Yes. Yep. Fourth line was was our heart in the Calgary game. Man, I really like what Anton Bleed brings to this team when he's in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe that's a big part of why Freddie looks better too. Mm-hmm. I don't. Whatever. Whatever the case is, that's all that matters to me. Is mm-hmm. that you're, we're getting better play out of the dudes that we need to get better play out of. For the most part, at least when when we're talking about that line, uh, as far as Olmark goes, the two goals that got in, power play goal, because mm-hmm. it couldn't get fucking cleared again. We've seen yeah. it so many times. This is, it's my gripe of the season so far. Mm-hmm. And then uh, deflection off the skate. That's all I got by him. Yeah. You can't yep. can't ask for much more out of it. There was a there was I, I know he healed it, but there was a save in the Edmonton game where. Dry sidle is wide the fuck open in the slot and he's winding up. Did any of you just lose your lunch when that happened? Yeah, well, luckily and, I couldn't watch the game, so no. Yeah. <laughs> but when you saw the replays, I should say. Yeah. Wow. He he raised that stick up and everybody's shitting their britches because you're just like, fuck, there it goes. Cause it was immediately after we had just scored. Yeah, right. Like I had literally turned to Grace and been like, they're gonna fucking clap one right back at us because yeah. this is just how the season's going when and, we're playing good teams. And talking about Allmark, I think this is kind of uh, indicative of how his play, how his play has changed since the beginning of the year. Um, first of all, in the Calgary game, uh, economy of movement has improved immensely for him. He's not flopping around nearly as much to me. Uh, he's still got some moments, but he's moving a lot more controlled. And in the Edmund, in that Edmund, in that play, the Edmonton play. When dry settles coming up, confidence. Allmark goes way out of his crease to cut off the angle, just quick, just such a good, such a quick decision by him, which is some, something that we weren't seeing from him to begin the year. He would have kind of sat back in his net in the beginning of the year. He didn't do that. He came to meet him. And I think maybe, maybe that may have contributed to him fouling it off. Well, I'll, I'll push back a little bit. I feel like Allmark has attacked pretty consistently throughout the season. It's just, he picked his spots really poorly. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll cop to that. Which sure. We actually saw in the first goal against Calgary where he came out real high. Mm-hmm. There were four different deflections that puck could have taken leaving an open net and it did. 
-hmm. right? Like that was the problem. It happens. <laughs> I am going to kind of die on a hill where I do think Olmark has improved. I really do. But I was so adamant early in the season, a month into the season, that a lot of the advanced analytics and numbers were lying to us because the bad bounces were brutal against Olmark. Now he's improved again. He has, but it was some brutal bounces that were squeaking through. It was just a couple bad decisions here and there. So the expected goals, he's finally back into uh, positives with uh, goals saved above expect above expected, which is nice. Swimming too, swimming too. So, so, yeah, swimming was negative as well, which was really surprising to me. Yeah, but he's back. He's been back for about a week now up mm -hmm. there. Uh, both of them are just playing out of their mind. But Olmark is finally getting the consistency of pucks being cleared out after he kicks them away. The rebound control has been a lot better. He that was too, yes. punching shots to the wall in that Calgary game. Mm -hmm. Every time they went low, that puck was flying off of him. I was really, I was really happy to see that. His last five starts, he has a 9-4-1 save percentage, mm -hmm. a 2.00 goals allowed average, 5.2 goals saved above expected in a 0.87 high danger save percentage. So guys, do you think that having two goalies playing an 8-7 split where the average age of them is under the 20 under 25 years old and their save percentages are both um above 920? Is that good? Yeah, Please confirm good. to me is that good? It's pretty good. That's pretty good. And <laughs> Speaking of goalies, uh, speaking of other goalies kind of on the periphery, Thomas, you mentioned the uh, elite goalie in the wings. I don't know who he's talking about. I have no clue what he's talking about. Um, Ruka Task. Do you oh, the Russian kid. Yeah, yes. bring him in. Yeah, yep. mm -hmm. 19 years old, stellar, bod, you know. Do you think uh, Tuka Flask uh, coming in as an e-bug and kind of being around the team sort of, do you think this is sort of an iron sharpens iron thing? Because ever since he's come in in that situation – they have played much better. I don't know if they're, I don't know if this is causation correlation, but what do you guys think? Andrew just made a shirt is what I think. Tuka flask. <laughs> Come on. Is that not a shirt? Is there I think not that's a, a logo shirt. with Tuka drinking out of a flask? Is there not something there? I would buy that shit. Uh, <laughs> yes. I think competition is, we've talked about this with the bottom six and we've talked about it with the bottom pair in the defense too. Cliffy's looked better, right? He saw Zaboral take a spot. He comes in. He looked pretty good. When, mm -hmm. I think we are talking a little bit about internal competition making you go, oh, shit. There was no one going to steal Olmark or Swayman's job this year. Mm -hmm. I really don't care how bad it got. Mm -hmm. Outside of Tuka Rask coming back, both of them were looking down to the AHL going, well, Kaiser's not actually going to move either of us. Yeah, and this Gross, is Grossnick, Grossnick's a lifer, so he's not doing yeah, it either. I, I never even considered Grossnick outside of a terrible emergency. Right. Uh, yes, I absolutely think that there's at least a, a piece of that, where they're seeing him in practice. And how calming might that be, too? I mean, to having that guy in the building, he's a legend of the building. Everyone's excited to see him. Marshan's having quotes so hard to score on the guy in practice. Jeremy Swayman, the not weird goalie, is sitting there going, well, fuck you. It's hard to score on me, too. We'll prove it. Mm -hmm. Fucking prove it. Yeah. I think I think you're onto something there. I really do think that matters. I think it's a, a combination of perhaps they're getting pushed a little bit by seeing that he's in the building and both of them just wanting to be the guy. Everybody knows, including Swayman knows, that if Rask is back, Swayman is the odd man out, regardless yeah. if he's playing better than Olmark or not. So I feel like Olmark's kind of trying to prove that he should be that guy. 
Mm-hmm. So that's positive. I think the other the other side is the defensive actually kind of gelled in front of them for the last couple games. There's a yeah. reason that my top performer uh, has been a goalie four out of the last five games. Mm-hmm. Swayman, obviously, then we're going back to the Nashville game. Swayman, obviously, with the shutty in that game, that that kind of triggered everything. And I think the defense had a lot lot to do with that performance as well. So but maybe it's a combination of both, as as Andrew liked to say. Maybe it's it it can be both. Mm-hmm. Two things, two things can be true. Two things yeah. can be true. That's what he says. Mm-hmm. I fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, you he's had one shot, right Thomas. <laughs> I had, I had one shot. Mm-hmm. I've I've actually had a few shots this weekend, but that's okay. You needed them. You yes. needed them. We both we both needed them. Yeah, it was not honest. a it was not a fun week on the uh, outside of hockey. So thank God the fucking Bruins are are giving us the distraction that we actually needed. Yeah, mm, absolutely. Um, oh, if I'm going to say something outside of hockey related, this can stay in the pot or not. Who cares? Uh, flying up to Rhode Island, the turbulence. Holy shit, man! Yeah. You might as well put me in a can and just shuck. I was getting thrashed around and my mother is sitting next to me and she's like, we're going to fucking die. And I look over to her. I'm like, oh, that, that, that must have felt real good. That must have felt real good. We're going to fucking die. Oh, thank yeah. you for being the calming influence, mother. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm not worried about getting killed on a flight. Every time I step into one of those things, I'm like, hey, you know, if the end comes, I'm, I'm in a tube in the sky. There's not much I can do about it. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about getting sick. There's people everywhere. My head's rocking around. I'm getting nauseous. I don't want to be the six foot two, 210 pound dude getting sick while this little 75 year old woman next to me, not my mother. My mother's younger than that. This other <laughs> little woman next to me is reading a book through yep. the turbulence. Mm-hmm. She's reading a book. Uh, you want to live every day without fear like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of respect that. So uh, wait, wait, she's having all of this turbulence and she's reading a book as you guys are being thrown hither and yon. And yet on the other the other side of it, she's saying we're going to die. Oh, it is she saying it yeah. like like looking up from the book being like, we're going to die. Well, and she does this weird gonna... thing where she well, my mom does this weird thing where she hums like every time the turbulence hits to calm no. herself down. She goes, hmm. And you're sitting there going, that's making it worse. Yeah. That's fucking, that's making me more anxious. Yeah. Please don't put it a background on it. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. She listens to this pod sometimes. She's going to get mad at me. <laughs> it's fine. Thank you for I listening, can, Mrs. Local. I can take it out. It's okay. No, keep it in. She, she, needs, to be, she needs to be exposed. Humming. <laughs> she hums loud enough for the whole fucking flight to hear. Uh, there's, there's, there's people recording another podcast talking about her humming right now. Probably, <laughs> it, it, affect, it affected multiple people. I hope they talk about the cute dog on the flight. That thing slept through all of it. Yeah. Oh, service dog. Just chilling. Oh, Love man. it. Talk about a calming presence. See, that's yes. what you need. Yeah. Speaking of calming presences, guys, Joe Sacco has coached this team to a 3-1 and 2 record ever since Cassidy had to be coveted. There's been kind of a growing sentiment. There's an elephant in the room here. Is there something to Sacco being behind the bench more than dad's not home or the substitute teacher is here? I'm going to squash it right now. You just said the record three, one, and two. That's 500 hockey. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you. There's, there was definitely a boost for a couple of guys. I think that they, they were playing differently or playing enthused. Would you include Jake in that? Yeah. Jake, Jake, Jake is one of them mm-hmm. because it was right after it, right after getting booed at home. 
Mm-hmm. And then a couple games into it, he gets to play at home, scores a goal. I don't know if you guys heard the uh, the Vancouver uh, broadcast where his dad got to actually call the goal. Oh, that was, yeah, Edmonton. Yeah, that Edmonton. Was, yeah. Edmonton, yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah, that was the Edmonton broadcast. It was really cool. Yeah, it was super cool. Um, that broadcast was a mess, though. <laughs> I, I, we can we can sit here and complain about some broadcasts, dude. Last night specifically was kind of brutal to watch. And you know, it's sadly a lot of people are like melting down on Twitter about like, oh my god, Nesson, get it together. And I'm just in my mind, just it's not even Ness's cameras. It's not this. It's not that. It's mm-hmm. we're getting a fucking stream, and literally the guys calling the game for us are watching the same feed. I'm almost used to it now. Like just waiting for bad just bad coverage of this team right now. And yeah. it's, it's really fucking irritating because I think, I think we're all in the same boat. We, we spend a good amount of money just to be able to see these games. Mm-hmm. Like I'm kind of fucking tired of it, but I'm also at the point where it's just like, okay, they're going to freeze at the blue line. And then the next thing, you know, they're shooting from the hash. Not for nothing, but somebody made a really good point last night of how nesting group or, you know, can afford to buy the Fenway group can afford to buy the penguins and yet can't afford to fly out Jack and brick and their cameras. I don't think it has anything to do with money. I feel like they just got into a comfort zone with the way that they're producing shit mm-hmm. uh, because you're not just sending Jack and brick. You're sending an entire fucking crew. crew. Yes. And then you also have, uh, we're still in the middle of this fucking pandemic where shit is still popping up and you're surrounded by the team. So like, I kind of get it. It just kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. You know when, what I mean? Like it just kind of sucks. When we lost ice audio and all you could hear was Jack and brick for like six minutes. Of just, the fucking, just breathing, just, just breathing. breathing. The breathing was the worst part. And I just, in my head, I'm just going, you know what? I would so much prefer that it was the reverse. Just give me the ice audio. Mm-hmm. Like I like, I know I'm, I, I don't know if I'm in the minority or not. I like Jack, but I can also separate myself when, from his bias. Like I can watch the game and separate. Wow. That was a stupid comment Jack made, but still enjoy the game. I think most Bruins fans take him with a grain of salt where they're just like, I like his enthusiasm. I love that. He cares about this team. I love that. He's a homer sometimes, but sometimes he just says, the dumbest, weirdest. He said shit. a lot like, of stupid shit last yeah. night. He's, he has I mean, said two inexcusable things this season, and the worst one was the Kasha comments, yes, which I will not forget about anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And he should apologize for that, and still has not. But that's what just was, me. just real quick. What was the other one? Because I'm not, I'm not pulling that. One. It, it happened earlier in the season, and this is the one I don't remember exactly what he said, but I remember I was really appalled at what it was. So oh, okay. I'm just including it. <laughs> All right. uh, Fair enough. <laughs> Oh, Jack, we love you, but sometimes you step Sometimes away. we hate you. <laughs> but God, I would just, if, if I'm going to lose audio, just give me the ice audio. Now, obviously, yeah. they didn't have a choice in the matter. It's, I'm not sitting here criticizing that. But uh, not, a, not fun for a few minutes there. The breathing mm-hmm. was the worst, easily. Mm-hmm. So, um, Ian, just to kind of circle back a little bit, I'm guessing you agree with Thomas's, um, Thomas's uh, analysis about Sacco? No, but yes, but no. Uh, I think I think there is absolutely a better group this past six games than we have seen under Casting. I think we've played better. Now, the Calgary and Edmonton games, we were outplayed. But goaltending is part of the team. It's part of the game. So we won that game as a team. The goaltending outplayed their goaltending. But oftentimes when we say outplayed, we mean five versus five. And we were. 
That being said, Sacco does some shit that makes me go, what the fuck, dude? Sacco, Sacco did some interesting things with the defensive pairing. Grizz on his opposite side yes. was absurd. Mm-hmm, and it, it was. wasn't a disaster, but it didn't last long. No, it didn't. And it was absurd. It, it felt like he was doing some stuff just for shits and gigs. And I went, hey, man, not really the game for that. How about uh, John Moore on the top pair with Charlie McAvoy? <laughs> that I don't really mind because <laughs> what you're doing there and what we've seen through this season is Forbort starts the game next to Mac and then it gets shifted around like crazy because whoever has the energy to keep up with Mac, jump on in because Mac's going to do his thing and yeah. no one on the team can play as many minutes as Mac does. No, no. one can no. outside of the goalies. I will say about Forbort, he's been much better. Yes, that what, what game was it? I want to say it was Edmonton with the tight turns. He was doing some Grizz bullshit and I was so scared. <laughs> he, did, he was in the defensive zone with the puck and we do some tight bullshit turns. And he'd be he was like, also dumbing people in the corner, too. <laughs> yeah, he was. I actually had actually I want to I want to talk to you guys about this. This is a, directly related to what you just brought up. Hmm. I had this question posed to me about. It feels like the first pass out of the zone has been a problem for years with this team. And I agree with that sentiment for the most part. Mm-hmm. First pass is hard to come by. And against Edmonton and Calgary, it was impossible. We could not clear the puck, to Thomas's point earlier, could not clear the puck, whether it be five on five, whether it be penalty kill, whether it be power play at times we got stuck in our own zone. What is happening? What are you guys seeing? with our defenders who are supposed to be able to make that first pass to move the puck up. Um, I'm seeing more of the Riley shit. He's panicking. He did make some really nice plays in the third period. He locked, he, he did lock it down, but he did that also in the Edmonton game, but his first two periods lately have been, he, he's been absolutely just not, I don't know what the deal is. He's one of the best on this team at the first pass. And he can't do it. <laughs> He's supposed to be the guy who's who's the best. McAvoy had a couple last night that were excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You expect yeah. to see stuff like that out of Grizz. Mm-hmm. And we haven't quite seen that up to his normal snuff. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm not really confident with anybody else in the defensive pairings to make that first pass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The passing on this team in general is just piss poor this season. That's they fair. have cleaned up a lot of like the cross ice fucking extra shit. There weren't too many times in the last couple nights that we've watched them where I was just like, that was one pass too many because yeah, other than have that, a shot, take a shot. It's, yeah. it's someone's getting in their ears. With I, that I, one. I, maybe that's, maybe that's Sacco saying, mm-hmm. let's clean that shit up. Let's simplify the game. Mm-hmm. Just take a shot. Just take it. And they've, they've kind of done that for the last couple of nights. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, look, we only had nine shots on goal at this point in the game, but we're winning two nothing. Yeah. Crazy how that shit happens. Right. And <laughs> also with um, just if you see the shot, take the shot. That was the Cliffy goal. Exactly. That, yeah, that had, it was. That had no business going in the net and it did. Yeah. How so, much we deserve that right there. Sure. Like how often have we had 4.5 expected goals in a game? We scored one mm-hmm. once in a while, a softy. I'm going to sit there and go, you know what? Call it a softy. We still deserved it. Yep. Yep. I don't give a shit. Yep. God knows Cliffy did. 
that guy's a trooper. He's come in, comes in, does his job. Just we, and then like we get to about four or five games into a consecutive string when we're like, please don't be overexposed. Please don't be overexposed. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's always my hang up with him. I'm not a big Cliffy guy, but he does occasionally do something on the offensive end where it's just like, okay, you have value. <laughs> it's just not every night value. He says you know what begrudgingly. Mean? Yeah. But Thomas, back to your point. Like, what do you think is the the resolution to the passing issue? If, if passing is a plague among the entire team, like what, what can you do about it? Is it structural? Is it a mindset? Uh, I don't know what's going on where they're just willing to make these stupid passes, but that's not my problem. It's just, they're not crisp right now. Yeah. They're not in sync. There's passes in skates. There's, well, they've, you know. Granted that we've seen a good amount of different lines. We've seen a good amount of random people come up for a game or two. You know, like, so there's still, there's a huge thing about hockey itself is rhythm and passing is the biggest part of rhythm. You can take a fucking shot when you get it on your stick. Fine. But to make good, clean, uh, good, clean passes, especially on the move, you have to have rhythm and you have to have some level of just chemistry with the guys around you. And that's my biggest, that's my biggest problem with, with all the lines shaking up. And I'm hoping that there it is. Okay. Cassidy coming back, you have to build off of this. It's you like, needed, it, you needed those signature wins, quote unquote, to, to build off. Of. Yeah. It's like, it's like getting the ninth floor treatment. You get a different view and that's exactly what's happening. Cassidy, Cassidy got, Cassidy got benched <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. by the real world, but hopefully, hopefully we can start getting some of these lines locked in and when that does happen hopefully we can maybe see the top six get rearranged a little bit well that's where i was gonna go is you know what i've learned what i've learned over this past six games without casting i've learned that frederick belongs in the middle there's very little debate about that he's a different player when he's on the wing versus center i've learned that howla belongs on the left wing two for two Mm-hmm. I've learned that Hall needs help. He can't do it with Coyle and Smith. And I've learned that Pasta and Hall could fucking make it happen together. I think I still think the Hall Coyle thing doesn't make sense. I still think with Pasta on the right side, like Thomas was saying all year, all year you've been saying this. And Kevin O'Keefe, shout out to Kevin, also saying this all year. Drop Pasta down because I think those two can make it work, and Coyle can be your selkie kind of center mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. that's that's what i've learned over the past six games and that is stuff that i can't believe they moved Paula back to the center and he's been piss poor again not mm-hmm. piss poor he still looked better than he did earlier he but- he looked he looked better he looked like he took some things took some parts of the game that he was seeing on the left wing and impl- applied it to the center position but he's not a center anymore let's just let's try not to shoehorn that in anymore I think when Nosek comes back, you toss him on the third line center and chuck Hall over to the left, right? You have mm-hmm. to. You I have don't to. really know who gets kicked out of the the bottom six, though. Yeah. yeah Would it be bleed? Would it be bleed? Mm, uh, we've that's been tough. really happy with bleed. Uh, we've been that's really happy. Really t- it's such a high class problem, too. It's like we're thinking about we're thinking about dropping down another guy, but it's like the guy that we're thinking about dropping down has been kind of a eye-opener this year i would drop freddie before bleed i think yeah even wow. even mm. even coming off of freddie's literal best, best game as a game. professional yeah. hockey player yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't think you have a choice because it is one game. Yeah. And I want we all want Freddie to to find the game that we, we think he has. We fucking need him to. We need yes, him correct. to correct. Uh, this isn't a this isn't a oh if you don't find it, oh, you know, at least we tried. No, we this is something we need out of you. Yeah. Freddie finding his hands. <laughs> oh man. If he could be a bottom six guy with grit and has the occasional goal, and he has some hands. Yeah. If he could put it together. That was evidenced by the Lazar goal. Oh, that's a 2018 yeah, I mean, that was, cup run. 2019. That was, that was yeah. his best drive to the net as a professional hockey player. Yeah. I would love to see more of Freddie's hands. And sorry, folks who just want to see him fight. He's not that player right now. And he hasn't been that player for longer than just this season. Right. Yeah. Let him fucking develop into an actual hockey player. Mm-hmm. He's a bottom six guy with, with hands, with ability, when he's motivated, engaged, and that's what we saw in Calgary. Let's build off of that. That said, if I had to choose between him and Blee, I would probably go with Blee, but I don't know how long that leash is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still see, we're going to see a carousel. It's a Sweeney team. Like we're <laughs> going to see a carousel. Dad. Excuse, excuse me. It's a, it's a Cassidy <laughs> team. We're going to see that. We're going to see cares. Kind of both, actually. Yeah, Sweeney yeah, no, loves, you're right. Sweeney you're loves his bottom six guys. He's yeah. like, I want nine bottom six guys at yeah. all times. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And as far as Howler goes, it's been a long time coming, but I do feel like over the last couple, uh, week and a half, he has gotten more of his feet under him. He's finally figuring out the speed of this fucking team and our structure uh, because we need him to succeed too. We need everybody in the bottom six to succeed. Mm-hmm. And then we need the second line to actually do something as well. There's a lot of needs right now for this team. And unfortunately, when the second line's out there, there's no fear in the other team. Oh, I was going to say this fear for me. There's 100% fear for me. I don't give a shit if the third line ever gets better if the second line wakes up. Yep. I really don't like I'll care when it happens, but right now I care way more about that second line. So I will say that I have been on the record as saying is that coil. I think coil and hall, you know, there needs to be some capitulation on both sides. I think they can work. The thing is, is that at what point do I just say, this is square peg round hole, you know what I mean? And get onto you, you guys' side. But, and I think, what it turns really, out Hall is a square peg too. Yeah, Foil for real. Is the circle. I don't know if anyone's going to get what I mean by that, but I made sense in my head. Yeah, all right. <laughs> that's definitely keeping in the pot, and we're just going to kind of someone's going to get it. Someone's going to listen to that and be like, "I know exactly what you fucking mean." <laughs> and then one other person is going to be like, "You're a dumbass. Shut the know, fuck it, up." It'll be more than one other person. It'll be more than one. <laughs> Okay. But my gives me hope. Thanks. My my point is, (laughs) my point is, is that I kind of was shifting more to the middle on this argument when in the Vancouver game and the Edmonton game, that second line went two periods in both games without a shot on goal. Really? Yes. Oh my God. Third period, they did improve. They did clean it up a little bit, but for the Vancouver game and the Edmonton game, the Calgary game, they actually did get shots on net. Taylor Hall had a couple of really good chances. He did. But, but your second line, that is, those are top six forwards, allegedly. I think that, too, well, not about Smith, but I think that Hall and, and Coyle are. I think Hall and Coyle are, too. I think Hall and Coyle are, too. And I, I think Smith is in a pinch. I think Smith is... Sure. 
I makes middle Smith is a middle six forward. He's the best third line right winger in the game. Yeah, he's a good middle six forward. I think that's more accurate for that, which means you can play second, third line, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But that the fact that there were no shots on goal in the first two periods of both games, I was like, all right, something, something's busted here. Something is definitely broken because it's, it's far, it's, it's now far beyond move your feet, Taylor Hall. It's far beyond give up the puck coil. It's far beyond, you know, control your movements a little bit, Smith. It's, when the puck is in the offensive zone and that second line's in there, nothing, literally nothing is happening. You know what I found funny is Smith, who is Mr. I'm going to shoot the puck, right? And we love that about him. Mm-hmm. You can tell now that he feels like he has to because it doesn't feel like the other two will get the puck on that. Mm-hmm. He shoots from the weirdest fucking angles now, mm-hmm. like weirder oh. than we're used to seeing with him. Well, He's the has- first one into the offensive zone. Why would that ever be a thing? With that second line, when Taylor Hall is on the other side, mm-hmm. he's the first one in the offensive zone. That's not right. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- it's little stuff like that that you just go, this isn't working. The second line is not working. Mm-hmm. So if the second line is going to continue to have these issues, the priority trade deadline, and we're still months away, we're months away. But March, the priority, right? yep, March 21st, I think, something somewhere around there. Oh, that's late. Yeah, it feels late, right? But we have that month off in February. Mm-hmm. We need to focus on the top six guy. And whether you believe that's a center to replace Coil and move Coil over to the wing, or if it's a right winger or whatever, it's a top six guy that you're looking at. And there is a little news. And I think this is a little bit red herring-ish, but the Bruins reportedly have scouts or had scouts at the Barracudas game, the San Jose Sharks AHL team, to reportedly check out what a Vander Kane looks like. Now, there are six teams with scouts there. I'm, I forget all of them. I know the Preds were in the mix. I think Detroit was in the mix. Um, Vander Kane, guys. Andrew, I know you have some strong thoughts. Yeah. Andrew, do you them. want to shit on this first, or do you want me to... Let's think about it. Try to try to think about it as a just a complete hockey sense first and then move backwards from there. Do you want to know what my complete hockey sense is? I'd love to. This is what There's fucking it. scouts at every AHL game. There's probably six or seven other AHL games that night that the Bruins had somebody in attendance watching somebody. Where, this is, we where, share the same thought. This is, this is the <laughs> fucking problem. Like if we're trying to move Jake DeBrusque or we're trying to do this or we're trying to do that. We're scouting everybody, dude. There's there's eyes on everything. And if they're not in the arena, they're fucking watching it on television or in film or whatever. So the idea of saying like, oh, they're there specifically to watch Evander Kane play for the fucking Barracudas. You don't is know just, that. Like, just stop it. Like, we're just awesome. You know what I'm you know what I mean? Like, we probably had somebody in Bridgeport the other night too. Who the fuck are they watching there? Look, <laughs> I I Evander Kane is whatever as a player. I think he's more of a fucking story than anything else at this point. That's the last thing I want in the locker room. I don't really think there's any Bruins fan who really think that, oh, this dude can show up and he could really make a difference. The only thing he's going to do is piss off the fucking locker room. He's going to cause issues nonstop. There's, it was literally in the last year we've heard multiple things about him being an issue and San Jose didn't want him back. Like The locker room just straight up said, we don't want him back in here. What does that fucking tell you? 
I don't care if he's won eight Stanley Cups, which, by the way, how many has he fucking won? That would be a None. zero. He's not a champion. You want to bring in a problem, make him have value to the fucking team. I don't think he does. Sorry. So to answer your question, Ian, um, originally, to think of it as a hockey sense first, I cannot separate the hockey player and the man because of the mounting shit that he has been involved in. This man has been kicked off of every team he has ever been a part of without exception, without exception. If you think that this room, oh, he, the ruins room is strong. They can handle him. What the fuck? Why the fuck do you want a babysitter? Why the fuck do you want them to be the babysitters for this guy? Does he have skill? Yes, it's undeniable. He can play the game of hockey. Great. He's also an absolute rot brain who is not worth his talent. If, if the Bruins acquire Evander Kane, I'm, I, I would be royally pissed off. And that's my story. <laughs> he had 22 goals last, last year in 56 games. Yeah. Well, uh, I, didn't, I don't shake a, sh- uh, a stick at that. He had 26 and 64 the year prior. Mm-hmm. He's a good player. Yeah. I'm not going to deny that. It is 110% this is a chemistry thing. And it's like, okay, uh, if, if he's such a problem, you have to rely on the leadership to, to guide him. It is not Patrice Bergeron's fucking job to handhold. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I don't know where anybody thinking that's a possibility has gotten the impression that Evander Kane is holding his hand out and looking for <laughs> fucking guidance from another grown man. Evander Kane is his own person. And you know what? I really, really hope that the dude figures this shit out. And I know that some of the accusations and some of the issues that have popped up aren't, we don't have all the information, but just the fact that it continues to happen. And it's not the first time smoke and fire. It's yeah, like real. that's, that's kind of yeah. it, dude. It's just yeah. like, even if, even if all this bullshit is 10% true, I still don't want it in my locker room. Thomas, I'm really glad you brought up the, uh, the fact that we have scouts in all these games. The funniest thing about the report to me was when it all came out. Uh, I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. Except for the fact we have years of tape on Evander Kane. Yeah. Years. But let's see what he does against against the fucking Barracudas. Let's just see what he's doing right now. (laughs) I want to see if he's got his legs. What the fuck? I thought that was so funny. I said it on the video earlier today. I went, you know what? I don't want to make any judgments until I have all the information and I haven't stayed educated on all of the accusations against him, which there are plenty. But he got suspended for committing a federal crime. I do believe that where (laughs) there's smoke or where there's smoke, there's fire. And that guy is a chimney. He's a 24 seven chimney. Mm And so I totally, I totally agree with you guys. I, lo- I love the, the takes that I got out of that too. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, that was passionate to say the least. Dude, well, it's, it's not just our, it's not a, just our media, like Pittsburgh hockey's posting like, Oh, the penguins send a scout out to watch Evander King. Yeah. No nope. guys. Yeah. I, 
it's the most vague fucking idea to say that there was a scout. I, I can guarantee you there would have been scouts at that game if he wasn't there. But you know what also I mean? The Barracuda, got crocked, the Barracuda got crocked five to one. So Kane made a made a tangible difference in that game. Well, Abbots, I wonder what Abbots, the scout said. Yeah. Abbotsford's a wagon, first of all. So watch your mouth. <laughs> but hey, didn't you say Providence was supposed to be a wagon this year? Providence just, is Providence they, is, is mid, middling right now. Yeah. We'll say. Well, they just kicked the shit out of Toronto, so shut hey. your mouth. Yeah. Yay. Yay. I wish we could do that. That's okay. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll, Oscar we'll Steen, two there. goals. What? What? Yep. God, I okay. Oscar Steen. But yeah, the, the Evander Kane thing is a non-story, and if anything more comes to uh, our attention, I'm sure we'll talk about it. And by that, I mean if we're actually pursuing somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will, it will decrease my enjoyment of watching this team for sure, because that's I don't. I was, it's not. It's not going to turn out well. That's what I was curious about. Because if he came to the team, then we would do our jobs of reporting on him as a player, right? That doesn't change anything. We would treat him like any player on the team. We would report back on what we saw from him on the ice. And then if stuff happened off the ice, we would do our best to inform everyone about that. But you know how hard it would be to root for that guy? To actively root for him while he's in a Bruins sweater? And I root for fucking everybody in a Bruins sweater. And that would be, every time I touch the puck, I'd be like, pass it. Please just pass it. Pass it. Pass it to someone I want to score, please. Do a, do a great job passing to somebody that I want to score. So at least I don't have to say you scored the goal. Is that shallow of me? Hundred percent, mm-hmm. super is. But um, that's it's where petty. It's petty. But you know what? I respect it. I respect you know how it. Funny it would be if he's just feeding fucking I don't know Zaboral for goals or something. And I'm like, fuck yay, <laughs> Zaboral! <laughs> four yeah, more, four more scores, twelve goals. Evander Kane assists on eight of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just I there are there are a contingent of Bruins fans who like to use the argument that these aren't, these guys aren't choir boys that NHL players aren't choir boys that you, and you don't win, you, you don't win by that, but it, that's, it's beyond that argument. What Evander Kane has done. And it's not just these recent allegations. It's the last 12 years of his career. His body of work is beyond He's been that. in the league 12 years. Yeah. His rookie year was 2010. Yeah. Uh, 2009. Oh my God. Why does it feel like it has not been that long? Well, because he came out, he went to the NHL straight out of uh, straight out of junior. Wow. All right. Sorry. Continue your point. So, but it just his body of work overall is it's beyond the pale of that argument. So, yeah, sure. You know what? I would like to. I would like to add a twenty-five goal wing. Who? Who the fuck wouldn't? But not Evander King. Mm. We no longer live in a world where winning is the most important thing, and that is a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. The Blackhawks were a good reminder of that this year. Mm-hmm. Winning is not the only thing that matters. Now, of course, I'm not accusing Evander Kane of the same shit that happened with the Blackhawks. No, totally. But totally people, different. people will make that accusation anyway to me. But I, I, uh, I don't want to sell my soul for a cup. Or, or sell my love for the team for a cup. Right. Yeah, I don't. Evander, I don't Evander King would definitely be part, be part and parcel of that. You would need yeah. to sort of 
being a Bruins yeah, fan good. is hard enough at times. Watching this team is hard enough at times. <laughs> I don't need anything else to actually add to that yeah. to to make it that much more upsetting. He's like, been ostensibly kicked off of every team he's ever been. Yeah, on. I mean, like he's just, he hasn't he hasn't had like kind of a smooth transition from one team to the other. If that's what you're trying to uh, establish here, but. Right. Well, the Winnipeg thing was, you know, Big Buff basically throwing all of his shit out out in the locker room on a in, into a pool. Yeah, I love that. Buff I love retired. that. Retired. Ah, oh, I miss Buff. What a great player that guy was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what is hard to watch about this team? And Thomas, this is directly to you. What the fuck is with all the penalties, bud? Yeah, nonstop, dude. Honestly, like we're talking about, even Blee. Oh, he had a great game last night. Stupid penalty. Yeah. Wait, so he, just that like, was the slash, the one-handed slash, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, that was a little bit of a weak call. It was it was a weak call, but it's just like stop, like just all I ask is just stay out of the fucking box because we're gonna get in trouble with that. And somehow, somehow we didn't lose the game in Edmonton, despite penalties. Taking two penalties after going up 3-0, almost back to back. They Inex- score on the first one a few minutes later, taking another one. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. Yep. Inexcusable. Yeah. Unbelievable. And it's been, it's been a problem all season. And I really thought there was a point about a week ago that I thought we were kind of getting away from it. And no, it's if we have a lead, especially, and I know the NHL kind of works this way, where if you've got a couple goal lead, they're going to, they're going to raise their arms sooner. Man, Tim Steele really opened that box, didn't he? These are well-deserved penalties that we're taking for the mm-hmm. most part, and it is brutal to watch. Mm-hmm. This team will finish the year top five in penalties taken, deservedly so. Mm-hmm. What do you think that is? What do you Lack of being able to clear the puck. Mm-hmm. I think you're stuck in your zone for extended amounts of times, and you take stupid penalties. Haven't seen a lot of offensive zone penalties. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's mostly been after a failed clearance, we take a f- stupid fucking penalty. Mm-hmm. Is that so? It's it, it is it a clear, just a clear issue, and then scrambling, or is it just straight up just uh, just one hundred percent undisciplined? Maybe that's a coaching issue. Maybe it's something there because it's been a problem for years. I think you're going to live with the Mac and Marshan penalties. Mm-hmm. I think those are. They are, those are the players they are, and there's really little you can do about it. Mm-hmm. They walk the line sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's the Riley, the Grizz, um, the Cliffy, the Forboard. Forboard actually has, I mean, he has monster hands. He just does stupid shit sometimes. Those are the penalties that just kill you. They turn the puck over, they panic, like you said, and then boom. Mm-hmm. Usually behind our net. No. <laughs> I, it kills me. And I, I, every time we take a penalty now, I, I just think about Thomas just dying a little inside every single time. I literally get up off my couch every single time it happens and just kind of do a lap around the house. Mm-hmm. Like I'll let the dog out or fucking go grab a snack or go downstairs, grab a beer out of my little fucking shop cooler. And it's just, it is frustrating because it's, it's 10 times a night. Yeah. Like there was at one point, it was like seven, seven, seven or eight last night. Uh, wasn't it? It was way six. the fuck up there. Was it six? I think it was six. I think it could six. have been way more. I, it was I six. fucking felt like it was because it <laughs> feels nonstop. And it was six, but and yet, and yet, to your point, Ian, the team gets up two or three goals. There were missed calls left and right for Calgary. Oh, we were getting crushed. Look, even Flames fans, I think, would agree that that was a one sided referee jamboree. That was yeah. bad. Yeah. From the beginning of the game, you were looking at it like, what are you? Ca- what the fuck? 
Yeah. So in the two things can be true spirit, the Bruins took a lot of deserved penalties and the flames skated away, not taking any. Blue cheek with that hit on Riley. Did you guys hear of Jack's brain break after Lucci <laughs> came in with a dirty hit on, on Howla, not Riley? It was on Howla. That was right in front of the right in front of the glass. Yeah, he yeah. cross checks him when he's already caved in, and, the and Jack is sitting there like, "Oh!" I, and normally he would do this whole thing about that's a cheap shot that doesn't belong in the game. How? But it's his beloved Lucci, so he goes, yeah. "I don't know about that one." Yeah. <laughs> Yep. I love Jack just Edwards. glossing over uh, that said, I thought we were the beneficiary of some calls or non calls in the Vancouver game or excuse me, the Edmonton game. I thought so too. I thought we had so, a lot that yeah. they let us get away with. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, those things kind of even out like we, so we lucked out one night and we got fucked the other. Luckily, both games, we walk away with a W that's ultimately all that matters. Mm-hmm. And all we're going to really remember of these games when we're talking about it in another couple of weeks, but it's the officiating in the NHL is it's never perfect. It's never even fucking close and fucking bad. <laughs> yeah. So there's uh, that game against Philadelphia that we had a couple weeks ago. Philadelphia had every right to be pissed off with the officiating. That was going back to the, uh, the terrible uh, face-off call yeah. where Bergeron clearly not, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, goes it. I still couldn't believe that call. It still doesn't the, make sense. But. The call in the Calgary game that really got me is when Marshan gets called for hooking and then goes to the bench, right? He goes to the bench because he was like, it wasn't me. Uh, they called, must have called somebody else. And he's adamant. It wasn't me. In the replay of the whole play, you watch it and go, well, I don't know who they're calling. And the rest don't know who they're calling. They're all confused. And they eventually just take Marshan. They're just like, well, fuck it. We called it on you. We watched the review. It's not there, but we have to take somebody instead of going, oh, we fucked up. Maybe we just know there's no penalty on the play. But you can't do that. You got to take somebody. <laughs> watching Martian on the bench just shake his head like, well, it wasn't me. That no, was- no. The watching. Mar- no, even better was that they called the penalty on Marshawn. Marshawn is just sitting on the bench. He's like, yeah, I'm not going like it just just. Like he just skate, he didn't even he didn't skate to the box. He skated right to the bench, sat down, yep. and just stood there. Yeah, he just, and he just shook his head. He was like, "Nope." They, they called someone else. I think he truly believed they meant to call somebody else. Mm-hmm. Buddy, you are four foot two. They know who they're calling on the ice when it's you. Buddy. They <laughs> know where you are on your tippy toes. They know where you are at all fucking times. You're Brad Marshhead. Got a bit of a reputation there, Rat King. They know who they're calling. Rat King. Oh, man, that, that cracked me up. And at the point he was in the box, I have stopped unless the game is truly on the line. I've really stopped getting mad about the refs. I try to just be like, like you said, it evens out. Who gives a shit? It's regular season. This team's making the playoffs. Let's see what we can do. Mm-hmm. There are moments that I just laugh. I just laugh. And that was one of them. Oh, brutal. And getting a power play with 530 left in a 4-1 game. That's like, all right. Thanks for finally giving us one, guys. Appreciate it. Right. We do try to keep the uh, referee referendums to a minimum here. Because no yeah. one cares. Right. Yeah. Like, what? no, it's not fun listening to people bitch about the refs, whether it's your team or not. Like, that's never yeah, fun sure. to do. No, I agree. Yeah, and it, and it just, it feels, it feels uh, sour grapes, too. Yeah, well, yeah, not, it feels not at this point in the season, either. You want to talk about a, a, a missed trip or something like that in a Stanley Cup final? Don't that's fucking, 
Yeah. Don't fucking stop. <laughs> Nolachari was tripped and I will die on that hill. I broke, <laughs> I broke a patio set, two chairs and a table during that game. I, I wasn't even in the patio. I was watching the living room, walked outside at the end of that game, threw both the chairs and broke the table. I was so fucking mad. I did not own a single piece of furniture on that patio. No. It was not a good look for me. Ian, you I am not. I'm not the like get. I am getting. Maybe you are the drama. I I was so unbelievably livid at just the audacity. Here's the trick, though. Here's the trick: score some fucking goals, and I don't have to do that. How about that? You made me do this. Oh, I was so mad. The refs did not lose us that game or series. Yeah. They didn't fucking help. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't lose us that game. Your poor poor neighbors probably watching you do that. She'd be like, man, <laughs> what game, the- Gamecocks aren't even playing tonight. Like, why is he so pissed off? One of the chairs went over the <laughs> privacy fence. I had to privacy fence. I had to climb over the fucking fence, grab the remains of it. <laughs> There's nothing worse than immediately having to fucking clean up your disasters in anger when you're still pissed off. It was pathetic. What a sad fucking man I am. What yeah. an absolute embarrassment to my family name. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. This sounds like a good time to do some uh, prospect check-ins. <laughs> unbelievable segue, Thomas. <laughs> I, uh, we've got a note here. Lysel has uh, 28 points in 23 games with Vancouver Giants in the WHL. Mm-hmm. He's, he's good. He's Swedish. He's going to the fucking juniors. The Nystrom Swede in me is uh, very excited about this player right now. Mm-hmm. I have not been able to see nearly as much as I want to, so I'm very, very excited about the juniors. Every year I'm excited about the juniors. It's arguably one of the best amateur tournaments in in, in sports, period. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. We should have a section for it in uh, coming up. I would love to I would love to kind of have like a maybe 10, 15 minute breakdown about the world juniors. I guarantee you we'll talk juniors when when the time comes. Probably awesome. probably more specific about the players that we really want to see. But mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, what have you guys I don't know how much you guys have been able to see about them, but no, I wrote a bunch of names on this list. We're not gonna hit them all because we're gonna hit the ones that have been especially good or especially bad probably but this is only for 2021 guys so that's what i wrote down anyway so that's what we're doing anyway i have seen him be super fucking creative really good uh when it comes to offensive zone time physically he's still even in the whl he, he he still gets pushed around a bit he still gets pushed around a bit but he will skate into the teeth of the shit and he's mm-hmm. not scared He's like a bumble. He bounces. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't get taken down too often. He just kind of boink and mm-hmm. keeps going. Mm-hmm. I think this guy's on pace to not only play in the AHL next year, but he might see some NHL time if this, if he has a good start next year in the AHL, like he really might be a, a Bruin, mm-hmm. a, a Boston Bruin next year. Fabian Lisella is a Boston Bruin. Let's go. Oh, my God. I really am excited about him. I mean, I, for, I think that's best case scenario, obviously. It I don't, is, obviously. Yes, like, 100%. That could be a pipe dream just from a development standpoint. But I agree with you. He's He doesn't have the size. He doesn't have the ability to push people around. But we've seen that before. We've got Marchand, obviously, is, is somebody that you look to in that scenario where it's just like he's not the brutal fucking finisher, but he can take a hit. And he could bounce out of it with speed. 
you see that a lot in his game. Uh, and then, and then obviously like just this year, seeing Steen's game, if he can be that type of player, be that nuisance, be that, that hard body, but with finish, can you imagine if Steen developed like that side of his offensive game? He just added two more in the AHL uh, today. Yep. He is scoring like crazy down yep. there mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. We should all be really, really excited about Liesel. Um Yeah. I think that's just maybe the first real prospect that we've had in a couple of years. You know what I mean? Like, well, since Pasternak really, that makes you go, holy shit, this guy is might be a superstar. Now, of course, a long, except for Charlie. You're talking about the Fords, right? You're talking about, I'm talking about McAvoy. I never even really considered a prospect. The dude went from college to our playoffs, basically. Yeah. Like the dude just stepped into this job as a grown man. And then he had a terrible prospects challenge, just like sure the worst sucked. fucking thing you'd ever seen. And then he starts the season and just fucking takes off. Yeah. What a weird fucking kid. Love him. Uh, Brett Harrison is the next guy I want to talk about. 26 points in 21 games for the Oshawa Generals, OHL. Uh, this, this guy was a third round pick, guys. He slipped in the draft a little bit. I think we oh, talked about. I, I think we talked about this when we talked about the draft uh, the, over the summer. We definitely. He was did. a he was a second rounder. He was a he's a, he was a definite firm second rounder that, that kind of got fucked by COVID nineteen. Um, but <sighs> big kid, he's got a great shot, and like the thing he needs to work on is his skating. Obviously, I mean, you know, you don't get drafted as a finished product. This, this isn't the NFL, but. He's getting, he's, he gets to the areas. He's, he's a center guys. He's a center. (laughs) He's a a Tom Wilson type. (laughs) He's a big, tough guy. And he just, God, does he have some finish on him, man? Mm -hmm. He he can, he can send some apples too. Mm -hmm. It's not just shooting with him. He really finds his teammates. Well, in dirty areas, like Andrew was saying, Mm-hmm. Another guy that's definitely raised a lot of eyebrows and made a lot of teams look a little silly for not not choosing so far, right? Again, mm-hmm. we're real early, but mm-hmm. third round pick, he's looking like a, a borderline top 10 second round uh, guy. Like that's that's good stuff right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking for looking forward to his development, especially down the middle. Yeah. Ian, give me Oscar. Oscar Jelvik. Uh, I don't know. 25 <laughs> points in 23 games. I actually don't know a ton about him. I have not been able to watch a lot, but I looked at the points and I looked at he was committed to BC for next yep. year. That's pretty. He's sad. a local boy now. Yep. Let's go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to ask, uh, I asked, I've asked Tia a couple of questions about him. Apparently he is a, he's a, he's like a water bug type speed, 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 speed. He's very fast. That's pretty much all there is to it. He's very fast and he knows how to find his teammates. Uh, great. Good yep. enough for me. Yep. yep. That's that put him on the third line. Yep. Boom. Yep. <laughs> yep. The uh, end. <laughs> I'm excited to see him at BC too, because let's see some speed at BC. Let's you you guys know how I feel about college hockey itself, but if we can get them local, if we could get them close, because then you know they're also gonna get a little bit of side instruction and little little extra phone calls and stuff like that. Let's get in the dude's ear. Mm-hmm. We have he two other be there guys. All four years. Right. We have yeah. two other guys, uh, Andrew Gasso, yep. uh, who will be going to BC next year. Mm-hmm. He's in the USHL right now, 12 points in 20 games. Nothing crazy going on with him, but he'll be at BC. And then Ty Gallagher. Uh, I'm a Ty will... Gallagher guy. Are you? Talk yes. About so he 
Um, the knock on him is his skating. Um, but that's great. He, we need more of that. Yeah, but that's the but, knock on me too. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I could give you a list of my knocks. It would start with skating. It sure would. <laughs> Mine would start with not skating. <laughs> did you hear not to get off topic? Did you hear Jack's rant about having the skate guards on getting on the ice? And fall? Well, my girlfriend is listening to this rant right now, and she's she's uh, she's reading a book or something, and she looks up from her book and she goes, "Did he just admit?" in front of God and everybody that he forgot to take his skate guards off and, and then like, fell eight times and still didn't take them off. Like, what did we I'm, like, do? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yes, yes, he did. She goes, how does he have this job? <laughs> well, that is a, actually a better question, but no, we love Jack. Anyway, talk about Gallagher. Talk about him. Um, little undersized. A, he's got a, the thing, the thing about him is that he has a great shot. He knows how to find his teammates and he's, really good at positioning. He's really good at stick position, skate position. He is kind of a slower sort of Matt Grizzlick type of defender. Um, just the same kind of style of defender. Um, but he needs to like, he needs to get, he needs to get a quicker first step and he needs to work on his first pass, which is why he was a seventh round pick. He's got a lot of tools for not, not he's got a lot of tools for a seventh rounder. He what do you particularly does. like about him? Like, why are you a Gallagher guy? Great haircut. What? Great, great flow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Matches mine. But <laughs> no, just generally, I like defenders like Gallagher. I'm a huge Grizzlick dude, as you guys know. By the way, this is the Matt Grizzlick episode, episode 48. Um, oh. I just, I just love watching. I just love watching those guys just find creative ways to defend defend in the zone you know get into soft areas and just watch their games develop like that and mm -hmm. gallagher has the tools to i think be something he's six uh, foot six foot 190 yeah so yeah, by the time he's a little he reaches, bigger but he's so but but by the time he reaches the pros he's gonna be even bigger than that yeah right you know what I mean? right Yes. Six, six, three on skates, and it'll probably be about 215, 210, maybe. Hell, I'm Put still getting mass. bigger. And that's, that's right. That's a, yeah. Well, we're still in developmental right now. Yeah, yeah we that's are. That's right. Still, but no, I'm a, I'm a Gallagher dude. I really like him. I, I like most of our draft class this year. Um, I like Mast. Really liked him in the Prospects Challenge. Yeah. Seems to be responding in the OHL. I did not expect it for him. He has 11 points in 24 games. I kind of expected him to be like, a point or two every 10 yeah, because right. he's just a big dude and he's, he plays hard defense. And yeah, he actually has somewhat slick hands, but I, I, I said this before, he's like three years away, three or four years away. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's a gazelle on stilts. Yeah. And I still believe that, but 11 points is still kind of for a defender that size. You go, all right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll take that all day. But yeah, no, we have I've, to we have to point out the one guy who's really struggling from this draft class. We've talked about literally everyone except for Svedbeck, 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 Svedbeck. struggling in the USHL. He has an 868 save percentage in 10 games. Is that good? You know, I've seen better. Um, <laughs> I don't really want to make judgments. I have not, unfortunately, been able to watch a lot of him. Uh but look, this is real early for a goalie. Goalies are up and down in the development. I'm not really 
look, he'd be five years away anyway with what we have in front of us, probably. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not, and he's committed to Providence as well. So again, to you guys, to Thomas, to your point, you know, getting them local, getting in their ears. Yeah. Well, because Gallagher's BU. Gallagher's BU. Gasso is BC. Yep. Um, Svedback is going to be Providence. <laughs> Get them yep. all in college hockey. Yep. Don, Don Sell will be in the AHL next year. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We sell somehow commits to Vermont. <laughs> I would, I would I'll genuinely be surprised if he was not at least a, a Providence Bruin next year with oh, what he's sell? showing. Yeah. I would mm-hmm. really be surprised unless he's still so undersized. That they're like, we just can't, Yeah, we can't make this move. But I think the, again, I think the fact that he just, he actively will skate into danger and just be like, come at me is going to benefit him. You got to remember this team, though, looking at their prospects has had horrible injury luck. Lauko just went down again. I didn't see what the injury was. It was. Uh, It sounds like a knee injury and he was helped off. Fucking great. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, best wishes to him. I don't want to come off insensitive to what he's going through. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, Beecher in the past has had his issues. Although Beecher's having a nice little season, uh, I believe, with a. With with uh, Michigan, mm-hmm. Thomas. How much of Beecher have you watched this year? Uh, enough. Yeah. What do you I've think? Watched, I've watched almost every Michigan game. Uh, the other night was brutal, but I don't think he's going to be a factor. To be honest, uh, oh. I I don't like to say that he'll be in the AHL, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to be. I don't, I don't, I don't, this is going to come off a slander against Stednika, but I think Stednika might be kind of his window or his mm-hmm. his ceiling right. If Sednika somebody... right now is his ceiling then yeah that's that's tough yeah Sednika did just started getting a little bit hot again so that oh, said he's hot yeah <laughs> he's hot. all right Stadnika. i will point out some people have recently had some statements about prospects not joining the big the big club right now mm-hmm. and um Please just go to Cap Friendly and do a little research, guys. <laughs> I don't even mean to be insulting. Like, just w- the roster slots are filled. We don't have waiver eligible contracts. Yeah, the the information's out there, folks. Yeah, it's right. and easy to find. Cap Friendly, just okay. just go there. But they're listening uh, to us to try to fill them in, and God knows why they're doing that. But here we are. Why would you and, do that? Uh, Everybody no, but, listening, why are you listening? Yeah, I think no, I, like, I called them the abyss last episode. Yeah. In in all seriousness, I do I do like uh, Beecher. Uh, I enjoy his game, but it's hard to single him out when he is surrounded by talent on that Michigan run. Uh, that oh, that they are. So it is. It's hard for him to stand out. But watching clips of them on the power play is disgusting. Yeah, it is absurd. They move that puck faster than any NHL team in the fucking league. It's they're, ridiculous. They're an absolute wagon, but they they do take some nights off, and it is very frustrating to watch. However. I do have Quinnipiac right down the road and Quinnipiac has been phenomenal this year as they always are. So I'm looking forward to uh, some uh, college playoff hockey coming up because it is going to be fucking incredible this year. Probably more so than a lot of I wonder if we'll see Lari in the college playoffs. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, he has been putting together a very nice season. His creativity, his ability to get to the front of the net, I've really liked, uh, I'm mostly seeing highlights, but I've really liked what I've been seeing from them. Mm-hmm. We, we, we have some guys that we can be excited about. I know we are, <laughs> we're a quarter way into this season. <laughs> we're so far away from really talking about most of these guys, but mm-hmm. it's well, nice it's to, good to give them in. some love. It's good to give them uh, some love. Nice Absolutely. to check in on them. Yeah. 
I'm glad you did that, Ian. That was a good idea. Yay. Prediction time. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so um, we worked out who won last week, and it was Thomas, but it was like winning a football by game 3 nothing By the skin of my tits. Yeah, yep. by the... By the <laughs> oh, God. God, that sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> I was in Rhode Island for a week, and my tits were raw. It's cold <laughs> up there, man. Well, and I was welcome, welcome under- to the party, bitch. Yeah, I was not wearing undershirts. <laughs> I missed the cold. I was wearing a suit with a brand new button down and no undershirt. Mm. Uh, standing for a military service out there in forty degree weather. Yeah, yep. raw tits. Yeah. By the way, that was a. By the way, that was a. That was a. That, that was a sharp look that you had, Ian. Hey, thanks. The black jacket with the red, the red dress shirt. Yeah, I, uh, they didn't want it to be like like sad sad i, yeah. I, I kind of turned out it kind of looked i kind of looked like a magician honestly but when <laughs> you, you did, saw you did. i magician. wasn't going to say anything but yes it's either a magician or the saxophone player in a ska band oh those are both terrible <laughs> things i'm not proud of either of those uh, but yeah so where are we at with standings here uh i believe it is ian four Thomas three, Andrew two. Andrew yeah. starting with two wins in three weeks and going yeah. oh for six after that. Yeah, I need That's to okay. fire my coach. Yeah, yeah you do. And <laughs> also, we- you know what's funny about this is Andrew has gone conservative the past couple of weeks to try he to play is. the middle road, and it has yeah. actually bit him in the ass. It really has. I don't it know really how conservative has. he was with the seven two prediction against Calgary. Oh no, that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> I, I was I, I was looking for a revenge game, you guys. I was yeah. looking for a revenge game, and we kind of got it. We got it. Yeah, I'll take it. So we got Vegas Tuesday night. They're kind of struggling a little bit. I'm fine with that because I yeah, can't me too. Stand them. Yeah. Me oh, this, too. That's right. This is another Thomas hates them game. Yeah, they're, no, they're bottom, well, they're I, bottom well, five for me. Unlike unlike Carolina, who I just have just regular dislike for, I'm with Thomas on the Vegas dislike. I hate them. I absolutely dislike them. I, mm-hmm. I just I compare them to like a 13 year old girl on Twitter. Like whenever you see a Vegas post. Just imagine it was a 13 year old girl who actually like put together the tweet and you'll go, oh, yeah, that actually. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, you Let don't know any better because you've puppies. only been fucking paying attention to this shit for three years. Cool. I got yeah, it. That makes sense. Good. Yeah. yeah. Got it. So, so we just alienate a whole fan base. What are uh, we doing? <laughs> I, I don't think a lot of uh, Vegas fans are listening to me. No, <laughs> on this podcast, to be honest, I know that there's a good amount of people who are very excited about the team when they started up and they're super entertaining and they have laser shows and shit like that. But mm-hmm. unless it's Ian standing in the crowd with a red shirt underneath his black blazer, I don't care about the fucking magic of Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> the night is the corniest thing in the world. It I really know we've is, talked about dude. this, but it's so corny to watch. Uh, it's uh, at least when you go to medieval times in Jersey, you get a fucking turkey leg and a goddamn pitcher of beer. God, those mm. turkey legs are so good too. Yes. <clears throat> so, this anyway. will, so guys, this will actually, this will actually uh, give you a little bit of joy here. But if the playoffs were to start today, Vegas would be out and we would be in. And we would be in. That would probably be outside of the Islanders. That would probably be the most embarrassing thing for a team going into the season is Vegas missing the playoffs, about, like actively. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about what the you? Islanders? Just because right, you're like, other than the Islanders, like, do you mean just like the Islanders in general? Like just <laughs> kind of sure. Yeah, yeah. The only thing we'll more talk about them in a second. We're, <laughs> we're, we're getting to them in a moment. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's roll with the Vegas prediction. Uh, we got Vegas at home Tuesday night. It's a where, home where game against Vegas. 
So I'm going to call that a dub. Okay. Um, but okay. it's going to be a mm, God. Are they only? Yeah, three one. I'm feeling three one. Three one dub. So uh, fuck Vegas for nothing. Wow. So he's just going to go anti-conservative at this point. <laughs> but he's like, no, I'm going no, for nothing. No, no, no. I'll, I, I'll, my, my next two will be real, but this is just more fuck Vegas. Yes. And I'm fine with that. And I would take a swim and shut out because I think it's going to be a uh, sway. Shway. Um, Shwayman. I also had three one, but I'll go four one just to be different than Ian. This is three weeks in a row. Yeah. I'm just not going to write shit down anymore. I'm just going to start going off the top of my head. That's fine. That's what I do. And it, it's been working so far for the most yeah. part. So then that covers Vegas. Let's move on to Thursday night in the brand new, what is it? UBS arena or whatever. USB. The ups. The ups. Uh, gorgeous arena. Mm-hmm. It's Bars fun. galore. Bars, very goals. very nice. They did a they did a hell of a job with it. It's like sixty fucking bars per hundred square feet. It's well, good for them because the people going to those games at least need something to be happy about because they are playing like absolute dog dick in that arena, and it is completely fine with me. I have a friend who's gone to every, I think every single home game they've had there so far, which is only a handful. Yeah, it's only. But- a few. She's gone, and every time she goes, I get a Snapchat from her that says, "Isles lost again, bitches." She's an <laughs> Isles fan, like she's she's a huge Islanders fan, yep. but she's just made a whole skit out of it at this point. Good for her. Yep. have some fun. What you got? <laughs> oh, uh, that is going to be a horribly disappointing loss. Unfortunately, that is going to be. Because they, it's going to be a two-zero loss. It's they're such a frustrating team for us for some reason. I'm going to go two-one dub. Um, I I think this can t- I think this five-on-five structure, marvelous five-on-five structure shit is going to continue. But man, they are struggling offensively. They'll always be good defensively. They'll that's a Barry Trotz coach team, but they cannot put the puck in the net right now. And we're kind of on a heater in regards to goal suppression. So I think that's going to be a low scoring game. I think it would be a little bit frustrating, but I think we come up with the dub two to one, two, one. I'll take three, one dub. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them will be an empty netter because I believe that the defense will hold us tight mm-hmm. and we'll, it'll probably be a late. It, it's going to be one of those one, one games into the last six minutes of the third period. And then we'll, we'll get that, that step up and get an empty netter as well. Now, I want to point out to you guys that I'm pretty sure it's been like four weeks in a row where you guys have always predicted the same winner and loser. Mm. I think you guys have matched each other game for game of wins and losses, always a different score. You guys think so alike. I'm, I shouldn't say anything because I'm also part of that and I've been predicting yeah. the same way. I can just yeah. say it now because with the Islanders, I predicted yeah, last, loss. Last week, we were all in lockstep with, with wins, losses. I, I think we were the week before, too. I yeah. think it's it's been a few weeks. Yeah, we Pass. need to start disagreeing a little bit more. There's only two options. We need some tension here. <laughs> there is. I'm winning right now. You can't let the new guy like take the lead and, and keep it. Oh, You're up by oh. one right now, I think, right? I mean, it's, four it's and a I got lead. Three. Yeah, it's a yeah, lead. It's a lead. You're up by one. Calm the fuck down. Oh, oh, it's too <laughs> early to brag for me. I'm not even bragging. <laughs> this won't last. I know. So going to Montreal. <laughs> Andrew, you start. This team has won six games all year. 
<laughs> so a massive loss is what you're predicting, I'm sure. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, they're they are they're in trouble right now. It's like it's it's critical mass over there. And I'm gonna actually add something to my prediction. Bruins win four to one. Dominic Ducharme gets fired. Oh, rivalry game to the firing. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's un- it's untenable right now. They can't they can't hold on to this. I'm gonna go with a five-one dub, and no one gets fired. <laughs> so that's no, the balls. no balls. <laughs> what, no balls. What are you talking about? I'm doing the I'm, I'm doing the prices right thing here. That's but it's actually probably worse for me, honestly. Yeah, doing it like correct. This. <laughs> <laughs> five-one dub. We're gonna kick the shit out of them. I'll say three-one again. Mm-hmm. I really want to say three-nothing, but I I refuse to call another shutout this season because we've been burned by shutouts so many times there you go the buffalo sabers have a better record than them isn't that you guys are predicting a hell of a week in fact they're the first of 20 losses by the way montreal was the first of 20 losses you guys are predicting andrew's got a 4-0 win a 2-1 win and a 4-1 win thomas with a 4-1 win 3-1 win and 3-1 win that would be awesome yep that because some good shit so we're gonna have a terrible week and uh Mm -hmm. next week when we record this I'm going to be fucking livid because we're going to have to talk a about losing all these games and b going to have to talk about Caroline. I would each one of these teams losing to them would piss me off. Yep. Losing to Vegas would piss me off. Losing to the fucking Islanders would piss me off. And obviously the Habs are the Habs. Yep. Like any one of these losses would be all like, three ah! these, all three of these are winnable games. Yep. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And we are, we are, coming off the momentum of a strong Western Canada road trip. Yep. Andrew, when you're the best team in the league, every game is a winnable game. Come on. Let's fucking go, buddy. Let's fucking (laughs) go. (laughs) Guys, wait, let me ask you real quick. Do you know off the top of your head who is leading the league in points? Who is leading the league in points? Yeah. Off the top of your head. You can't look it up. I see you looking it it up. I'm (laughs) watching you look it up. (laughs) I think it's Toronto. Oh no, they passed them. Fuck, damn it. It's Florida. Damn it. Oh, I thought we were talking player. Oh, no, no, no. I, yeah. I'm talking team. Yeah, no, Florida's ahead. Now, Florida's, they've been kind of going back and forth, I think. Yesterday, it was the Minnesota Wild. Was it really? It was the so Minnesota Wild. Have they played somehow 60 games and they're just like way? way no, they're, they're only played 27. <laughs> they're 19, 7, and 1. Yep. Oh my God, they're so good. Caprizov is so good. Also, I want to point out that um, Florida, Toronto, and Tampa Bay are all in the top seven in the league. Fuck the Atlantic, man. (laughs) Toughest division in hockey, and you know what? Metro has an argument, too, though. They have an argument. Uh, I think the most top-heavy, the most, okay. I'll go top-heavy, yeah. Yeah. Most top-heavy division in hockey, and we're on the right side of the ledger for the first time all year. I want one of those top three spots. I really do. I don't think we're going to get one, but I really do. Mm-hmm. Well, Tampa's Tampa's going to fall, man. It's coming. If if they're not falling without Point and Kucherov, I don't find it would take a Vasilevsky injury for that team to fall off. Yeah. No, I'm not wishing that into existence. Vasilevsky, I don't want to waste a single year of that guy's career. That guy mm-hmm. should win a few Vizinas before he's done. What an incredible fucking athlete that guy is. Well, his backup is also Brian Elliott, so that would be just a disaster. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, at least his backup isn't Carter Hart. Got him! Actually, Carter Hart's having a nice little rebound. I shouldn't be so mean. Yeah, he's the only one who is. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anybody got anything else? Other than the Flyers suck? No. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good way to end it. <laughs> no, no, Flyers suck. Oh, but a shout out, shout out to friend of the show, Jim Iacovani, who... Hmm. Man, I just want to you just want to give him a hug. <laughs> yeah. He's such a nice guy and yeah. it's he's just having a brutal year. He's the the Flyers guy that we had on a few weeks ago. Guys, hmm. we've had a Flyers guy on, a Sabres guy on, and a Habs guy on. Um and directly after I mean the Habs were already really bad, but directly after talking to us, their team just went fucking kaput. Just tank. <laughs> the Sabres were on this nice little streak. So um so that said, your buddy who's the uh, Hurricanes fan, he's yes. on, right? I gotta talk to him. Yeah, let's get I gotta him. talk to him next let's week. Line him up. Let's In see the if meantime, we can get that going. Before I let you go, I'm gonna put sixty seconds on the clock. Yes! Ian, we're gonna start with you. Uh, you ready, you dirty old man? Yeah. <laughs> yes. God, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Brad Marchand's emergence as a top-tier offensive player is arguably the biggest story for the NHL Bruins in the past decade. What other story stands out to you? Uh, the fact that we haven't won another cup. Fair. Fair. Bruins currently riding on riding on the line of contention for the playoffs. What's your biggest fear as something that can push them off in the wrong direction? Uh, oh, a McAvoy injury. Yeah. Give me, give me one other thing because I think um, a other side of the puck. Other side of the puck? Yeah. Bergeron falls off the cliff. Jake DeBrus continues to play motivated hockey, continues his uh, quote-unquote hard hat shifts makes the score sheet with a little bit more consistency. Is there any chance that Jake DeBrus does not get moved by the deadline? I'd call it a 10% chance at best, but yes, okay. there's a chance. Okay. Mm. Oh, that was right. it. All right, I did it. Uh, was was that not enough pressure for you, Ian? I can fucking go back and no, 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 a little no. bit worse. Dude, that first question is hard. I want to hear you guys' answers to that one. Yep. That one's, I think I took a cheap route with that. <laughs> That's okay. Sometimes you got to go for a cheap one just to keep your mental uh, your mental stability yeah. through that thing. Andrew, you ready, brother? I'm ready, buddy. Right. Jake DeBrus continues to play motivated hockey, continues his hard hat shifts, makes the score sheet with a little bit more consistency. Any chance he doesn't get moved by the deadline? I think there's a chance, um, but I will put it less than Ian's. I will put it at about a 3% chance he doesn't get moved. All right. I'm, I'm with you guys on that. Mm-hmm. Bruins continue to ride the playoff line contention. What do you fear can happen offensively and defensively? Two-part question that can push them in the wrong direction. A Marshawn injury and a, I'll say this, a Marshawn injury and a McAvoy injury. I think those are the only two. I think a McAvoy injury would be less of a hit because the structure, the structure has been better, but Marshawn and McAvoy. Brad Marchand's emergence as a top-tier offensive player, arguably the biggest story of the NHL Bruins for the past decade. What other story stands out to you? The Tyler Sagan, the, the Tyler Sagan behind the B, fucking yeah. powwow between Shirelli and Neely, yeah, and all them. 
Yeah, there's there's been some interesting ones. Like obviously, like just from a recency thing, I, mm-hmm. the Chara leaving and the way that all shook out and stuff like that. That was that was monumental. Like mm-hmm. to lose your captain and for him not to just retire as a Bruin was surprising to me. I never really felt that coming. You felt the last couple of years like his career is coming down to an end, but the dude wants to keep playing. It's just yeah. it's, it's not for us. That's fine. But um, right. I'll agree with you. Marshawn going out, I think, would be the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the heartbeat of this team right now. I would love to say that it's Bergeron, like Ian said, but like Bergeron hasn't been typical Bergeron, and we're almost thirty games into this season. So, but he hasn't been bad. Either. He hasn't been bad, but he has not been. He hasn't been Bergey. Yeah. The fishbowl hasn't been helping. Yeah. So yeah, no one likes the fishbowl. Nobody likes, likes the it. Fishbowl. Nobody but likes it. It is kind of a badge of honor, though. Like mm-hmm. I'll I'll say that because last time we saw the. Uh, the fishbowl was was char in the in the cup cup finals and oh that God. was a cool fucking iconic moment. Yeah, iconic a big moment. i can't believe we went to two more finals and didn't get a cup i can believe it yeah you know what that's you talk about dynasties all the time and if you look at teams in betting terms you would look at this core and go one and a half cups where's your over under i would have gone over right yep. the blackhawks mm-hmm. you would have said the same one and a half they hit three yep the kings you would have said you probably said under Right, you wouldn't have. I mean, they're not going to win two. They won three. Yep. Like that's there's certain teams. Tampa, same thing. Tampa, you probably place it two, two and a half. Like, are they going over under? And you, that would be a hard question. Mm-hmm. But with the core we had, we just might be one of those teams that don't quite get to hit that over, and that's a yep. bummer. But I think we still have a chance for a year or two. But I'd say sometimes you just have to accept that, man. Sometimes these cores just aren't able to hit above what's expected of them it's so hard to win the cup yeah um it really is not asking anyone to accept it i know a lot of people are like you fans can't accept mediocrity and i get that uh but i can also accept how difficult these standards are and we've played to such a high standard for so many years yep oh it's fucking tricky uh, that's the effect of playing in this town man Mm yeah expectations sometimes outweigh the talent and not to say that this isn't a talented team but it takes so much to fucking win a cup Mm-hmm. Everything went perfect in the 2010-2011 season. Everything, well, yeah. every, no, like as far as once you reach the fucking playoffs, things shook out perfectly for them. I heard 2010 yeah, in my head. I heard, I thought of Krejci getting injured. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. We that, don't want I, to talk about that. That was that was a yeah. wasted year. Yeah. Um, that was another cup year, man. Fuck. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They've been in there. They've been... They've been in the hunt. All you can, I've said this so many fucking times, but all you can ask for as a sports fan is your team to make it to the playoffs and have a shot. Yeah. This isn't basketball. Our teams do it, man. You make it, you get a chance. Yeah. Right. 100%. In basketball. Kings won the cup as an eighth seed. Yeah. Going what? Like 16 and two or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, sometimes you just ride a really, really hot goaltender all the way through. And that's, that's what happened twice for them. At least people forget that that Vancouver series, we were not supposed to win that. Yeah. People keep like rewriting it as the big bad Bruins came to town and took it to them in seven. Guys, we were supposed to get smoked. Everybody was predicted Vancouver is finally going to do it. We robbed that city of, and good for us. We fucking needed it too. We yep. deserved that win. <laughs> but we tore that city apart by taking that championship from yep. them. What a beautiful moment in our history. Yeah. Suck it, Vancouver. Oh, they did. They fucking lit their city on fire afterwards. 
Yep, and never got close again. <laughs> and last week they lit their they lit their front office on fire. Yeah, it worked. Good and for them. J- yeah. Jim Rutherford's now running shit over there. <laughs> say, goodbye, say goodbye to your twenty four year olds and any anybody considered a prospect. Yep. Yep. Except for you don't have any Sidney Crosby to save you. <laughs> Good yeah, fucking really. luck. <laughs> I wonder if he quits in the middle of a game again. I wonder if there's a three on O again, and then he and then it, it, they just don't even get a shot off, and he just goes, "I'm out." <laughs> well. Uh, to be fair, that's a pretty, pretty, pretty fair reaction to it all. I mean, did you see Kyle Dubas after after the Leafs beat the Blackhawks? They're up four one. Let them come back, win five four, like off of a bullshit goal at the end, just the dumbest fucking goal. And Dubas is just like he, he basically rolls his eyes and walks away. Like we won, and he's still not happy about it because of how shit the team looked getting there. Mm-hmm. Oh, this league is on fire, and I love it. I love this stupid fucking sport. I love it. (laughs) I love this stupid fucking sport. It's It's ridiculous. It's so fucking dumb. Every day there's a different story about how something completely dumb has happened. Mm -hmm. Like, just moronic levels of drama. Yep. (laughs) Hey, check out my YouTube channel, Low-Quality Bruins Fan. Like, comment, and subscribe. We absolutely we're doing stuff. I'm trying to add some new stuff and maybe even do a, a merchandise line. And we got to get merchandise for this pod going. And yeah, it's been requested quite a bit lately. And uh, and we'll we'll get there probably after the holidays shake out. So anybody listening who's uh, been hitting me up about that, you're you're not being ignored. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I've responded to everybody who said anything about it, but uh, it's it's coming down the pipe. We'll figure it out, but so stay tuned. Talk Does anyone shorts. want a cup with pasties, my face on short it? Short shirt pasties. <laughs> Tiny white piece with my no, face. Guys, guys, Tuka flasks. Tuka flasks. I'm telling you, that's a shirt. We got it. I'm just, write it down. No bad ideas in brainstorming. No, somebody will beat us to it. Well, yeah, we kind of announced it, so that's yeah. probably not. <laughs> that it's, IP. it's IP now. You can't do it. Yep. <laughs> we will sue you for all $8 you make off that shirt. <laughs> uh, I'm out of here. Uh, if anybody listening to this wants to uh, give me a birthday present, I will f- gladly accept using your season tickets to go watch the uh, Hurricanes get fucking smoked in Boston. Let's go. Oh, I love all ears, All ears for that shit. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Thomas. Later, boys. Later. See ya. When you said streaming, I was really worried what the next word was going to be. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs>